Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. this about me, and some of you may not. Some of you can probably guess this about me. I am the oldest daughter of three girls. I have two little sisters, and they would tell you that I am very much the oldest child, and that I always have been. Growing up, I very much felt like it was my responsibility to lead the group, our family, when we were out and about. Not only was I the group leader, the definitive leader of the pack, but I also prided myself on being the lone wolf. I didn't need my parents to get anywhere. Mom and dad, you can look after the kids, my little sisters, I'll be fine. And if you can believe that, that turned into some funny stories. This one time, we were in Chicago. We had just finished dinner, and we were going to get back into our car and go downtown to spend the evening on Navy Pier, which is a very fun plan. If you don't know, Navy Pier has a Ferris wheel, Lake Michigan, and cotton candy. So I start to lead the way back to our car. Our car was parked in a parking garage up a few levels. As the fastest stair climber in the family, I went on ahead. I really needed to make sure that everyone knew I was the fastest stair climber. So here I am, sprinting up the stairs to get to the right floor, the rest of my family trailing behind, and I get to the room that leads out to the level where our car is parked. I walk up to the automatic sliding glass door that will lead us to the car, and I barely catch myself before running right into the glass. Something was wrong with the sensor on this door. Now, this is kind of strange. When the automatic door doesn't open for you, what do you do? In my 12 years of life up to that point, this had never happened to me. So here I am, walking up to the door, slower, kind of waving my hands, becoming increasingly worried that this door is just not going to open. How will we get to our car? How will we get to Navy Pier? That Ferris wheel is not going to ride itself. And man, there'll be a surplus of cotton candy. And this whole family vacation is going to be ruined. So now I'm doing some weird combination of a slow walk up to the sensor and like motions with my hands and the rest of my family gets into the room. I am the fastest stair climber in our family. And they kind of stop and pause and just look at what's happening before their eyes. They had some questions. Um, Hey, Lily, what are you doing? The door won't open. I am going to try to get this door open, and it just won't open. And then, do you know what my family does? They chuckle. They laugh at me as I am trying to save our family vacation and get us to Navy Pier so we can go on the Ferris wheel and so we can get the cotton candy. They laugh at me 
And then my mom says, Lily, you're standing in front of a glass window. So I look, and sure enough, this is not a door, but a floor-to-ceiling window that is paned and looks suspiciously like an automatic door. At least it did to 12-year-old me. My littlest sister, the smallest of the Brondike sisters, proceeded to lead us out of a glass door that had a handle with large letters spelling pole. I was so focused on what I thought I knew to be true. I was so focused on my own sense of self as the leader, as the fastest stair climber, as the oldest. I was the one who would get us to our car and to the Ferris wheel before it closed. I was going to make it happen. I was so focused on what I thought to be true, I forgot to pay attention to what was happening around me. I went on ahead without my family. I was alone in front of a broken door that wasn't even a door. And when my way didn't work, I couldn't see another way. There was no one else there to offer another way. When your path doesn't work out and you are taking it all alone, you'll get stuck. In today's gospel reading from the book of John, the disciples find themselves in a similar situation. They are stuck. They want to know how to be good disciples, which is a very fair question. They're following Jesus, and they just want to know how to do it well. They want to know what it takes to follow Jesus and what it takes to have that eternal life Jesus is always talking about. So Jesus tells them, Don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father has set God's seal. It's kind of easy for us sitting here today to see that Jesus is probably talking about himself. Son of Man, bread of life, he's been performing all these miracles. So Jesus is saying like, hey, it's me. But the disciples don't quite get it right away. They haven't caught up. Okay, Jesus, they say, but what must we do to perform the works of God? You're talking about the Son of Man, but what about us? What do we do? And Jesus says, the work of God is this. Believe in him who God has sent. Probably pointing at himself, maybe. And so surely now the disciples will understand. It's spelled out a little bit clearer, but instead we get, oh, okay, Jesus. So what are you going to do so that we see that you're real? Remember Moses, he gave our ancestors bread. Are you going to give us bread, Jesus? Um, What are you going to do so that we, the disciples, can see and believe? And Jesus says that wasn't Moses, that was God. That was God giving the bread of life to people. And the disciples, still not getting it, say, Jesus, give us this bread, always. We really want this bread. And at this point, I have to believe that Jesus probably was a little bit exasperated, just wanted to hold up a sign that said, Jesus equals bread. It's me. But the disciples just couldn't recognize that the very thing they were asking for was right in front of them. 
Jesus, the source of all life, the answer to their questions was right in front of their noses. Jesus is the bread of life. And how many times do we miss life passing before our eyes? How many times do we miss Jesus passing through our lives? How many times do we miss the very presence of Jesus filling our whole lives? The disciples in this story give us a look into our own humanity. We get caught up in our own agendas, in our own lives, in our own worlds. We forget to stop. We forget to look around. We forget to take it in. This life is brimming with the love of Christ. The world is brimming with the promise of healing and restoration. It's right in front of us, but we get stuck. And the stakes are usually higher than a Ferris wheel or some cotton candy. Cancer, job loss, death, family conflict, divorce, the struggle to make ends meet, loneliness and mental health, physical health, grades, natural disasters, and a global pandemic. Our lives and our world are full of challenges, of conflict, and of suffering. These are those windows that are just trying to be automatic doors. But the disruption is real. The worry, the anxiety, and the pain it can cause is real. The need to solve these problems and to find a way through these challenges is real. But so often, the fear, the anxiety, they can distract us. Our ego, when faced with plans not going our way, can put up barriers. Pain in our world, challenges in our lives, try to make us feel like we are alone. This diagnosis is mine to carry. I know how to get through this. They couldn't possibly understand. I could never ask for help. I know better than they ever could. We shut down and we shut out. When looking for the worst in each other and in our world, we will find it. When finding reasons to build barriers instead of reaching out helping hands, we will make lists that are miles long. But what would happen if instead of looking for the worst where we expect, we look for Jesus where we least expect? What if we looked for Jesus in those places? What would happen if we looked for love and for peace and for healing where we least expected to find it? In today's story, eternal life is right where the disciples didn't expect. Eternal life was right in front of their noses, but because they didn't expect such an answer, they couldn't see a very regular guy as the promise of a world restored with grace and with peace. They couldn't see Jesus as that living bread given from God for all the world. That day in the parking garage, my littlest sister was the one who found the way. I expected that I would be the leader, that I would lead my family where we wanted to go, and I almost missed one of life's most beautiful truths, that we do it together. My sister saw where we needed to go in that moment, and I saw where the cotton candy stand was later. 
Look for Jesus where you least expect to find him. Look for love where it is least given. Look for beauty in the loneliest of places. Look for the Son of God who is the bread of life for all the world, hung on a cross to die. Jesus is where you least expect him to be. God's work is being revealed in this world where you least expect to find it. And if you can't see it, if you can't find that peace and that love in this world, lean on someone else. Together we can find that way. Go and be the disciples of Christ, pointing out God's love at work in this world. Go and be the disciples who love where love is least expected. You don't go alone. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.